Hello and welcome to tonight's episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, we are continuing our uh, piece of our Bray mega series uh, that is focusing on Elsie Bray and in particular her uh, out of time travel is the right word because it 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 makes you think of certain things that I I don't know are a hundred percent accurate here, but uh, like DeLoreans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. So in our last uh, episode, we had gone over the what we're suspecting is the first timeline that Elsie had been a part of her her original timeline to say, um, and things had fallen. Essentially, there was yeah. this event uh, called the Bombardment, where it was kind of enemies on every side it had joined up against the Guardians and the Tower uh, and had had succeeded, had wiped them out. There were just a few stragglers here and there. Um, there were corrupted Guardians that eventually revolted on the races that they helped uh, destroy humanity with. Um and I presumably were being led by Eris Morn, as we learned in, in the previous episode. Uh, and Anna found Elsie, convinced her to help her. Uh, Elsie and Anna then found uh, or rebuilt Rasputin and found Zavala, who took them to Marasov to try and build up a resistance. Uh, the very first um, action by this group was to track the traveler and ensnare it with a version of Gaul's um, light cage, for lack of a better term. And, uh, and now they're going back to Earth and are hoping to, uh, to have a successful campaign, because it sounds like they haven't up till now. Yeah, it's been there's been a lot of uh craziness. I mean, Ikora was crushed under a building. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The drifter's hand was it his, just his hand or his whole body? No, it was his whole body. It was his whole uh, body. Was found in this bunker attached to a lever. I mean, people are dead. Like high level figures are dead um throughout this dark future and it's it's uh yeah, no, it's definitely not a it's it's not a walk in the park. Ha ha ha. Um it's yeah, it's it's a dark place. It's a lot of, a lot of bad has happened uh, in the solar system, and like the bombardment, we 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 thought about it through through the whole episode. And we talked about it much in the last episode of like it was it was this one event that did one thing here, and then no, it was this other event that did a thing here. No, it was like the whole soul system. Like this was like I I'm borderline a collapse two point Like I don't I don't know. I guess it's I guess it's close to a collapse, but like, I mean, there's still forces, so like, there's still guardians. There's still the travelers still here. Like, it's I don't know. It's not a full on collapse, but pretty damn close. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is this last hail mary is the the only glimmer of hope that there has been for presumably years yeah. in this this space, uh, and even even that is known by all of the people attempting it to be a very desperate long shot. Uh, so 
and say, we're going to be starting tonight uh, on chapter eight of the Dark Future book um, to preface just a little bit, because it is talked about in the very beginning of this chapter, the previous chapter, uh, they had succeeded in, in catching the traveler and um, uh, Elsie had overheard a conversation between Zavala and Mara talking about how they believed Anna was a potential danger to their mission and that uh, Zavala said that if, if it came to it, he would be the one to deal with her, uh, which was a very ominous kind of discussion to overhear. Um, but that brings us to chapter eight, which is entitled Migration. And uh, it goes like this. I heard you the other day, I say, barging into Zavala's quarters. He's mid-shave. Anna, you said you'd kill her. He wipes his blade clean and washes his face. If I have to, yes, he says. And what makes you think you'll have to? I've known Anna a long time. Something isn't right. Weren't you just advocating that I listen to her? I wanted to see if something was off with you as well. And you are a bastard, I seethe. I am just making sure we're successful. You wouldn't even be here if it weren't for her. You'd be rotting away on that wreckage we found you on. Are you done? She's my sister and my responsibility. You don't get to make that call. I know whose shoulders bear this burden, and in this moment, he does too. Then if it comes to it, let's hope you have the strength to see it through. For all our sakes, he says. The Leviathan is quiet, not the atmosphere of a rallied army charging headfirst onto victory. This feels like a death march. It's not my place to rouse the crowd, so I stand next to Anna and watch as we approach the moon, the traveler locked in tow within its harness. Everyone knows their part. I would like to say that I will see you all again on the other side, but... We know that isn't true. That's not why we are here. We are here to stop Eris Morn at all costs, Zavala says. He and Mara exchange a glance and a nod. He walks past us without another word, past the Cabal and the Fallen. I guess he doesn't like goodbyes either. We have arrived. Ready yourselves. The Queen's orders. Make no mistake, Eris will die this day. We rush into the dropships, leaving Rasputin to pilot the Leviathan. I join Anna and Mara on our journey to the surface. Anna, for all those years, I did what I had to do. 
but I am sorry it was at the expense of us, I say. Save it for after. We're going to win. And the dropship hits the ground with a thud, sending tremors through me. The doors open and we're greeted with a frontal assault of thrall. We come out firing. It's chaotic, but through the turmoil I spot the Scarlet Keep. I see Eris Morn drawing power from beneath the surface, and I see an army of dark guardians stampeding towards us. I look up to the Leviathan and the Traveler, a glow in a phosphorescent haze. He's doing it. Zavala is overcharging himself with light, siphoning from the Traveler using Gaul's plans and technology. Good luck, Commander. I thank you. Anna and Mara fight through the hive mercilessly as the Dark Guardians approach. I find Anna and signal towards Eris. In lockstep, we carry out our assault. Anna opens fire on a hunter while I cover her, blasting a flanking ogre with stasis. Anna drops a grenade under its massive feet, and a second later, it's dust. Eris spots us, and I swear she's smiling. From behind the keep, a full brigade of the Awoken Armada rises, perverted with hive thorns and insignia. Now's the time, Warmind. As the Awoken defectors fire onto the battlefield, they're blasted out of the sky by satellite arrays and a dazzling display. And I can feel Eris's frustration at this. Then I see her. Shrouded in darkness, performing a summoning ritual. A singular beam of blinding light tears through the black sky with the velocity of a shooting star, headed straight from the Scarlet Keep. Give him hell, Commander. He collides with the structure so precisely that he only creates a small fissure, and after a moment, an explosion. Bright and disastrous, completely levels the keep to rubble. We hear a deafening scream throughout the field that could only be Savathun. Mara races to us. The witch is weakened. We strike now. Eris is regaining her footing as we close in. All of my detractors in one place. Thank you for bringing them to me, Anna she says and smiles. And I turn to Anna, confused. She pulls out a knife and readies it towards Mara. I make a move to stop her, but I can't. I'm frozen in place by... by Anna. And she stabs Mara Soff in front of us. You're welcome, my queen, she says as stasis and blood drip from her hands. We are all dark, eventually, Eris says with glee. And that's the end of that chapter. Well, holy shit! Start the night off on a banger! <laughs> uh, WTF, first off. Uh, second off, Man, there's a lot of cool ass shit in this one. I know. <laughs> like I, I like man, to to think of like this this massive battle, right? Like on the on the on the surface of the moon, you know, the Scarlet Keep, like 
this this Eris just sitting up top there, just you know, wielding all of her darkness stuff, and then like this this horde of like thrall and acolyte and guardian, dark guardian and and knights all coming out, and then apparently perverted awoken like awoken defectors like there, there's all manner of stuff on Eris's side then on the other side there's you know Anna Mara um Elsie um Zavala sitting up top above everything just like sucking in light like getting ready to do the the greatest thunder crash that the world <laughs> has ever seen like that's uh, missile titan across the world yeah no this like Dude, this was shaping up to be just the the most baddest scene ever, and and then what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so apparently Anna's been lying to us this whole time, just a bit. Um, yep, us being Elsie, uh, and she already knows of stasis and has known of it, and apparently pretty well versed in it enough to conjure a stasis knife and stab Mara, and. And freeze uh, Elsie in place. Uh, apparently has been working with under Eris this whole time. And yeah. yeah so seems, seems like a bad day for the sisters. It, it does just, just a bit. So yeah, she's been a, a double agent and this whole uh, journey of collecting Rasputin and Zavala and Mara and all this is just, has just been to put all of the enemies in one place. Sub subterfuge. <laughs> uh, and in spite of Zavala's amazing thunder crash that leveled the Scarlet Dude, Keep, that's, tell me that wasn't the greatest thunder crash in the history of thunder crashes. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm a bet he cheated and bubble tightened right underneath it too. Didn't he? <laughs> this guy. Well, one way or another, uh, it sounds like he reached Savathun. So that was that was going to be my next question. Like, it, 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 as far as that's concerned, did he kill Savathun there? Like, uh, in this perver- in this particular future? Um, I don't know because Mara says the witch is weakened, and I don't know if she means Savathun or if she means Eris because she oh, called Eris yeah. the true witch queen. The true witch queen. Yeah. So it could be yeah. that Savathun has died, and that is weakened Eris. Like the the bond to darkness, like the, right. the connection there. Yeah, yeah. But okay. not not hundred percent clear. Yeah. I was gonna say that like another high level VIP dead in this future. Like yeah. I yeah. mean, Marasov is now dead. Like there, there's a lot yeah. of dead VIPs in this future. This future doesn't <laughs> seem good at all. Not, not so much. Not so much. Uh, so that brings us to the final chapter of the Dark Future lore book, which is chapter nine, titled The Return. And this one goes like this. What have you done? I scream as Morasov's body drops lifelessly to the ground. Elsie, listen to me. This was necessary. The darkness cannot thrive while believers of the light remain. There's there's a world beyond this conflict, though. Let's go there, together, Anna pleads. This is not the way, I cry and ready my stasis. Elsie, please don't do this. You can still join us. Don't, don't you want to be a family again? But not like this. Not through death and betrayal. 
Zavala was right about her, and I remember the promise I made to him. I forgive you for all the years you kept me in the dark. I know you were just trying to protect me. Forget all of that. Forget the past. We can start over. Let me protect you now, she says with such sincerity that I know she's too far gone to reason with. And the look on Anna's face tells me she knows where I've landed. She's genuinely hurt, gritting her teeth to stop herself from crying. I I try to raise my hand to blast her, but she's already on the move. Anna attacks and stabs me in the side, disconnecting core components. My left arm goes limp, and I look to see Era summoning a portal. The Vex come flooding through. Our army of Cabal and Fallen are being eviscerated. Vex Hydras swarm the Leviathan and open fire. And if I could cry, I would. We lost. Again. And suddenly, Eris stands above me with a twisted grin. Do you see what the path of the self-righteous yields? You call it protection, but all Anna felt was abandonment. You left a void, a void for darkness to fill. You have bigger problems, I say, looking to the sky, and a piercing noise emanates from the traveler. Its brilliance begins to swell. Worried and confused, Eris commands all her forces to focus on killing it with dark energy. It didn't have to be this way, Anna cries as she drives the knife into me once more. You could have been with me! And I finally shatter my own binding, blasting her with stasis. She flies back, locked in the air. I see her struggling. Anna, she's corrupted you. No, she gave me purpose. Damn it all. I know what I have to do. I kiss her forehead as I turn her blade and thrust it into her. Her eyes go wide and some semblance of my sister returns before she fades. Elsie, she says as she trails off into the void. My own sister, Eris, will pay for this. The darkness energy Eris manipulates canvases the landscape and makes its way to the sky, and I see the traveler getting brighter as the darkness encapsulates it, and I race towards Eris, but I'm too late. In an enchanting explosion, the traveler's light enshrouds all in totality, and then darkness. And then I'm awake. I see a tower. The tower. I'm in the last city. It's thriving. Bustling with life, children, laughing. There's a small parade. I fight through the crowd and find Cade Six at the center of it. I think I finally got him this time. He shoots as a beardless Zavala greets him. Tanix has been dead before, Zavala says, and from behind him emerges Ikora Ray, like a vision. 
Let the new hunter vanguard bask. He's earned it. I'm so sick of this scene, of hearing these words ever since the day I killed my sister. That was the first time, but now I've lost count. No matter what I do, it always ends the same. Blood and betrayal. And then I'm back where I started, right here. I'm being taunted, punished, forced to relive this loop. There has to be a way out. I will find it. I have to save my sister. And that's the end of that chapter. Well, uh, if you didn't cry during that, you're not human. <laughs> uh, yeah, holy shit, man. Like, uh, Jesus, this, what the hell, myth? <laughs> it's, it's called the dark future. <laughs> this is starting too deep for one episode. I don't know where to go with this. Um, yeah, no, this it is a dark future. Like, I mean, this whole fight between the sisters, and then she just like she has to stab her with her own blade. Like, what the what the fuck is this? Like, mm-hmm. Jesus. And then and then like through all of that, we have like the 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 loop, right? Like this 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 is where we talked about how like time travel is. You know, there's no DeLorean, there's no little blue box, there's there's nothing like that. It's she gets she gets brought back to a point in time, and it seems to be this is the fixed point, and it's the point yeah. when uh, Cade Six takes out Tanix uh, the first time, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, because Tanix is is who killed uh, Andal Brask, correct? Yes, yeah. Who was Cade's mentor and the previous Hunter Vanguard? And that's that's the that's where the hunter dare continues on. So, uh, Tanix took out Andalbrask. Cade hunted down Tanix, killed him, and now they're at the celebration uh, event. So now, Cade Six has officially been made the hunter vanguard. And so, for whatever reason, this is like the start of Elsie's time loops. Um, yep. So she's living through all these, uh, and and she says it here too, like. Um, you know, she's sick of him of hearing the, 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 the words ever since the day I killed my sister. So it's like she kills her sister, time, re- time resets for her, or she loops back, or she rewinds. And I'm not really sure how to word that. Um, and then this scene plays out in front of her. So every single time, as soon as her sister dies, this is where she gets looped back to, this point in time. Uh, and then has to relive it all again. And yep. every time she's gone through each one of these different dark futures, like this whole this whole book, the dark future, this was just one version of what has happened. Like, I mean, that implies so many things. That like there could be a future where like there were no dark guardians and only Anna went dark, or she tried to teach Anastasis early and then Anna used it against her, or like Marasov died on the field of battle in Saturn and was never revived or something. Like, there's all these different points. Uh, throughout Destiny history that are like jumping off points of like left or right type thing. And so it it's... And, and because of that, there's an infinite number of these timelines um, that uh, Elsie uh, has had to live through over and over again. Um, 
And then, of course, at the end of it, she says, I have to save my sister. My sister. Like, it all, it's, it's weird because it's, on the one hand, is, is she, it, are these time loops happening because she wants to save her sister? Or is she saving the sister because she's had to relive all these time loops? Like, it's, which, which one is leading to the other and which one started the whole thing? Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah. I'd, where 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 do we go from here, Myth? Like uh, this 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 brings up more questions than it does answers about Elsie. <laughs> so it does. Where, where do we um, go from here? Well, I think lingering on that chapter for for a little for another moment, I it's worth asking the question: How does she do it? What is causing the this loop? This this you know Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Um, and there's there's two lifetime. possibilities. Oh my god, dude! That's yeah, a, right. That's a long time because, like, presumably this isn't just like a few years she's reliving. No, like, this could be like a couple hundred years she's reliving. Yeah, I mean, we don't know how long Cade was the hunter vanguard before our guardian came around, and it's been at right. least ten years since then. Uh, Jesus, bad. nine and change. Um, but uh, so. It's interesting because because the final thing that she sees in that scene, the presumably the first timeline, um, that started her looping, is the traveler exploding kind of with whatever this grand, you know, final act of the traveler was going to be. Um. So one could hazard a guess as to maybe the traveler's final act was to somehow reset her all the way back in time. Oh, like it's not her doing the time loop. It's the traveler. Right. Like Ooh, that's an interesting thought. Now the, the other thought now on, on one hand that would line up with what the traveler is doing. But what we know about light is that you don't, a, you don't keep memories and B Light doesn't necessarily, as far as we've seen, affect time travel per se. But um, I think it I is know where you're going with this thought. But it is kind of a form of resurrection. So it's it's this weird like the light could fit, but I think because she sees this explosion of light, but then she sees nothing but dark. Yeah, and we know dark is very tied to memory. And you could say we've seen things travel back in time at the Enclave. Yes. And so perhaps, rather, maybe it is that Elsie is doing this, uh, but doesn't realize it because she has such an innate control of stasis, of a, of a dark power. Maybe that like subconscious thought of, I need to save her, is tapping into you know an innate ability to literally revert like remember the world how it used to be to try again yeah i i really like that idea i really like that theory because that's really what we see when we're when we interact with the enclave uh during the witch queen like we bring uh savathun's worm there and we we make we make the the physical object in front of us remember an earlier time. Like that's the whole reason why there's time rifts uh, throughout Mars. 
Mars itself, parts of it are remembering a a time when that portion of Mars existed. And so it like I really like that idea of like Elsie maybe subconsciously uh darkness is forcing Elsie's body to remember. And since there just so happened to be a consciousness attached to the body, because that's the other thing too, is like, I, well, I, I guess it could work with living things because it, it, it brought Sabathun's worm yeah. back to a remembrance. And then like, cause, cause her worm was just calcified, right? When we found it during the, the witch queen campaign, it was just like a, like a, like a rocky bone. Yeah. Uh, and and that thing. wasn't her worm per se. That was the, the worm familiar of her father from fundament. Oh, um, but yes, okay. it was, okay. Okay. it was a calcified, but dead petrified like, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then, cause then the worm that we talked to when we're doing the parasite mission is that, that the same is, worm? No, that is There's a Sabathun's different worm. worm. That is Sabathun's worm. Uh, okay, that's that's where I was getting confused at. I always thought that that was the same worm. Nope, not uh, quite. Okay, so uh, so we don't know if it could work with. I mean, even if it's calcified, it's still. I don't know. Maybe it can work with living tissue. I don't know. Uh, either way, like Elsie's body is reverting and therefore her consciousness is coming with it like whether she wanted it or not uh she stepped into a war with the cabal (laughs) on the moon at her side no uh so yeah she uh uh she's now having to to relive this memory uh or or this this timeline again Mm -hmm. um and presumably there'll be she'll make different choices throughout the thing and and go left when she went right in the previous one and try to figure out a way to save her sister. Cause that's, yeah. that's still her ultimate goal is save, save her sister. Yeah. And, in, and again, it's, I, 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 every time I think about her, I think about current day Mara and Aldrin of like the relationship is very much one sided. Um, as much as Anna reciprocates, uh, um, the love for her sister, it's, I don't know. I don't know how much of, of it is is true because Anna's had to rediscover herself through different memories and through different adventures and stuff. Whereas Elsie has been living the same life since forever. Like she's never died. She's she's been the same Elsie forever. Right. So yeah. Um it, it, it's it's but yeah, so like like what how does like I the the in my mind, the one answer is to the question of how is she doing the time loop is darkness. Like, I really, really, really like that theory. Because um, I don't know. I can't think of any other, any other way that, would, that she would, that it would work. Yeah. But, like, like where does this leave us? Well, say, I think what uh, our next step as we explore... Elsie's travels at this point um, is to see what uh, some of the lore cards that describe a few of her trips through the timelines um, and kind of her thoughts and, and her process on, on how she moves forward with those. Um, so we are going to start that by looking at the lore card on the sparrow called any other sky, which came with, uh, beyond light. Uh, and so this one goes like this. 
I'm back at the start. It's always confusing, even on my third, or is this fourth, time around. There's Kate Six, Zavala, Ikora, the parade, but I can't waste time here. Too many lost moments. I need to find... Who? Damn it. Think. Was it Anna? No. Who? Or, or is it what? I'm so disoriented. I remember pieces of my past attempts, but not every detail. There has to be something I can do to make the refresh easier. Maybe new gear or, or tech. If my family's legacy has anything to offer, it's technological advancement. When I wake up, I need something familiar to ground me. Something I can carry back with me. It could be small. I need to think ahead. Plan more. Even though I seem to have an endless supply of it, time is still a precious commodity. The more time squandered, the more likely I am to repeat the mistakes of past attempts. I do remember trying to warn the vanguard. They had regarded me as a doomsayer and had promptly removed me from the tower. I'm sure I sounded like a raving lunatic at the time. By the time I was proven right, it was too late. Eris had been corrupted, and, like always, Drifter had lost his hopeless pursuit. No one believed me. No one trusted me. I need to stick to the shadows for now. Something is happening around this time that's preventing me from making a discernible impact. Some, somewhere, there is the key to stopping this. I will find it. I've been given an opportunity to right the wrongs of this world. Instead of hurtling headfirst without a plan, I'll stock up. This time I'm going to focus on making the next cycle better. Let's call this one a wash. I'll save you next time, Anna. I promise. And that's the end of that lore card. I mean, even there, like, she's already planning. Like, she already knows she's going to have to kill Anna in this one. Like, that's... God, that's that's such a... That's, that's shit. <laughs> that fucking sucks, man. Like, that's all there is to say about that. But, like, I mean, at least she's trying to, like, get some type of positivity out of it. Like, I know that in this timeline, I'm probably not going to succeed. So what can I do to help future timeline me's work better or get to a solution faster or mm -hmm. do something differently to, to try to break the cycle. And it's, it's, it's that, it's that thought now that like it, there's something she can do to help break this, this loop. And maybe there is, I, yeah. hell, I don't know. We don't even understand truly how it works. Like, uh, so yeah, it, it's, and and I I do like the the kind of like I don't know it's it's like a it's it's like a two part thought on her like one she's like who am I here to find no wait what am I here to find and it's it's kind of like two things and the only the the one timeline like we know this as the player guardian the one timeline where she where it changes where hopefully I mean we're still kind of in the timeline. Um, that shit doesn't hit the fan is the timeline where she meets us, where she sees us at the moon uh, in D1 and follows us, you know, tells us to go come to Venus, sends us to the Black Garden and says, that's that's the ultimate thing. Like, take care of that. 
since you seem to be whatever you are, you seem to be VIP 2014, uh, you take care of that and then see if that changes it. So it's like the thought that she's like, and and then the other half of that of like the what, like, oh, well, let me go find some gear, some tech or something. Let's start with the Brave facilities. We'll go through those and, and we'll start stocking up on stuff. So it's, 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 it's interesting to me to, to to see her try to plan this stuff out knowing that she's going to get reset and and i don't know it, it seems like she's so she she's so sure that because of whatever um that this timeline's washed and so she's it, it's it's almost like a getting used to it type thing yeah you know like like it's happened so many times now that she's just like eh i'm going to take a break on this one we'll just We'll go ahead and kill my sister and get it over with and and reset. But on the way there, we're gonna we're gonna do, do you know do some do some uh, stockpiling. It's it's like it's like a, it's like a save point in a video game, right? Like kind of <laughs> yeah. You you know you're gonna beat the beat the final boss and the final boss just leads you to the end credits, but the end credits don't do anything. It just sits you at a black screen saying the end, and and so you're like, well, I didn't want to do it that way, and so then you just reload the last save before the final boss, and you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna go level some summons now and do it this way. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's kind of what it feels like in this uh in this this weird existence that Elsie has yeah. to exist in. Uh and it it is so she said says this is her third or fourth uh time through everything. Um which again is crazy to think about cuz that's that's possibly hundreds of years that she's lived already yeah. between yeah. that that alone could have been like 400 years like uh but so it it's you know she's been she's been through it a few times and she tried the obvious approach she tried the like go to the vanguard tell them exactly what's going to happen and how bad it's going to be to try and change something and lo and behold they think she's crazy and kick her out of the say, tower they're gonna throw her in with old uh jaleel <laughs> dead orbit and be like you you can hang out with those guys they're on the hangar yeah. Uh so clearly that that approach doesn't work and so now it's it's like okay what can I do to give myself an advantage? You know, th- this will be this will be a research run <laughs> essentially. Like yeah. I'm going to I'm going to learn as much as I can uh so that way when I come back I'm going to be as prepared as I possibly can to to make a real change somewhere. Uh and She's not unsuccessful in that. Um, so we see now on the uh, lore card for the Retro Causality, which is a, uh, another Sparrow, which came with um, uh, with Beyond Light, specifically from the Deepstone Crypt Raid. Uh, we see some of the, the fruits of her labors there uh, on a different run through through the timeline. So this one goes like this i'm not sure i can do this anymore i say to her weary and drained it took so much convincing to get her to believe me i can hardly make eye contact so i study the intricate stitching on her robe instead from what you've told me i don't believe you have a choice she replies earnestly but your path isn't pre- as predetermined as it seems. I'm here now, after all. 
and it feels like a gift to have her standing beside me this time, to hear her voice finally, soft and reassuring. You're making a difference, she continues. Little by little, this is a battle of attrition, and you're chipping away until you find the core, the heart, the event that you can prevent. You don't know what this is like, I say, and break down, putting my hand, putting my head in my hands. Every mistake costs years that I have to see through. And I believe you have the strength to do it, Elsie. If you alone are caught in this, then it's you alone who will break the cycle. And I look up to meet her eyes, and there is a fire behind them, a fervor that fills me with hope. This is your charge. You are in control. I have nothing but faith in you. She places her hand on my shoulder, and that familiar feeling of warmth returns. Thank you. I am ready now. Then it's time we pay Eris a visit, she says firmly before stopping me. Just out of curiosity, how many times is this for you? Seven, I say. Perhaps this is the one, Ikora says with such optimism, I almost believe her. But it's not. We're all dead within a week, and now she'll never remember me or how close we grew. But I will carry her words with me until my mission is complete. And that's the end of that lore card. It's, it's... God, it's 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 very much like these uh, the way that, like it's it's more akin to Groundhog Day. It really is of like the you know like how do you get people to trust you and and understand that you've re- that you've lived this portion before, and then to finally get to a point and be like, okay, now they finally trust me. Now let's see if we can continue out. And a week later, we're all dead. Fuck. Reset. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, and then trying to remember, like, and the line she talks about where it's like, um, each one of these recesses is costing me years. Um, cause it's like, she could have followed this. She has to follow the, to, to even see what different possibilities lie beyond that moment. She has to live through the exact same timeline and make the exact same choices the entire time just to get to that point. And then to get to that point and try to make a different choice. And then to remember that that's the timeline that she made that particular choice in. Mm-hmm. God, that's, that, that's a, <laughs> that fucking sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> My poor little squirrel brain, like first choice would have been like, oh, what's that? You want to go ride bikes? Sweet. Let's go. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, that's, that's tough, man. Like to have to try to, to, to remember exactly every single moment across multiple hundreds of time like oh my gosh i i couldn't no no yeah, and it, it could be as simple as saying a specific thing in a conversation that yeah. leads you to gain someone's trust versus them not yeah. trusting you like she doesn't like, she doesn't even know what the thing that she's supposed to be turning left in in front like right she doesn't know what the choice is that that is different so, 
obviously she at the point in in that reading she's already getting like i've been through the seven times i've lived seven lifetimes and it finally i've made a change i i ikora is here believing what i'm telling her uh you know i've i've succeeded in doing something major and then it it all falls apart but it shows that she can make significant changes even if they haven't panned out yet and 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 it's either ikora or or anna that says uh, it's a battle of attrition where it's like it's 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 little by little every little bit that every little step that she can make in a in a positive uh direction is going to help with the ultimate goal now mm-hmm. you're gonna it's it's gonna be that like one tiny step forward a thousand steps backwards but it's still something like even the knowledge gained from that tiny step forward is still something that can be used on the next playthrough it's 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 like a it's like a roguelite right like that's yeah <laughs> yeah it really is and Elsie's life is very similar to a video game, and it's just <laughs> it just sucks that she has to live through it so many times. So uh, she kind of comes to something of a conclusion as to what the at least what one of the events that she needs to change is. And we see that. In the No Love Lost Ghost Shell, um, which I believe is also from the Deepstone Crypt Raid. I think you're right. I think that's the one where you collect, find all the collectibles. Yeah, I think I think raids. it's yeah. finding all the collectibles. Um, but this one goes like this. I'm living the definition of insanity, repeating myself over and over, hoping something will change. But I know it's coming. Blood and betrayal. I've learned not to be a fool anymore. In any other circumstance, this mission would be hopeless and I a failure. Yet every time I come to that bitter end, I see a glimmer of who she was in her eyes. And I know she's still in there. I know that if I can keep her out of this, shield her from this world, I can save her. I can stop this madness. At least that's what I tell myself these days. I thought I would grow numb going through the motions. I'm not. It's always painful. Sometimes I'm so angry at her for putting me in this position. There are times I'd want to end it all as soon as she finds me. Take her out and turn over in my cot. Hoping this is all a dream. Save us all the trouble and heartbreak. But then we get there, and I see that look in her eyes, the one that tells me she's sorry, and I have to try again. Then there were times I was weak, gave in, hoping it would change the outcome. I thought it might save the world if if we were a family again. It didn't. I couldn't live with the choices I'd made. Then I'm right back where I started. This time, I know what to do. The vanguard has been keeping secrets. I was foolish to take them at face value, 
clandestine missions to Mars and beyond, realms outside the boundaries of time. The Black Garden, they call it. Darkness lives inside, beating and pulsing. I believe it is the source of our misery. I'll see to its destruction, and I won't have to kill my sister ever again. And that's the end of that one. God, there's some some messed up thoughts in that one, too. Like, hey, I'm a finder. I'm just going to kill her and get it over with. Reset. Like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's like, I know I've already failed. We've We've reached... You know, the, the end of no the world type thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I already know I failed. Might as well just get it over with. Um, oh, my God. And and even like giving in, like just joining, just being like, screw it. Let's go. Let's go meet Eris. Let's go. Let's all go dark. See if that's a better life. Nope. Can't live with that choice because this this universe sucks. Yep. Stab. Reset. Like, Jesus, man. But then to, but then to finally, finally come to a conclusion of a black heart, like, is is there other than this lore card? Um, is there anything that would I don't know point her towards that, or or anything that would make? Because I, I, I'm trying to make sense of that too. Like why why the black heart? Why the black card and the black heart? Why of everything in the universe is that the thing where she's like, if I kill it, that'll stop everything from happening? Well, we had seen in i believe one of the chapters um of the the dark history one of the earlier chapters she had talked about the fact that the vanguard did expeditions to mars in search of the black heart uh but they did it you know much later than our guardian did in game uh and so it could be that she was not aware that they were searching for it through some of her timelines until she finally got in the good graces of the Vanguard or snuck into the archives and discovered they're doing missions to this place because they believe there's a powerful source of darkness there. And, you know, all of those are red flags to Elsie. Like, well, and, and thinking about it in the sense of like, the garden itself kind of, ex- it, I say kind of, it does exist outside of time and space. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it is kind of like a, um, oh, what would you call that? A space-time continuum anomaly, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't, for lack of a better term, that's what I, that's what I think of the Black Garden as. Cause like it's, it's, it, when, it, when our ghost first goes there it, back in D1, he's like, I don't. I, I have no coordinates. I have no type of bearing on anything. Like right. So it it truly is kind of like its own little pocket dimension, is what it seems like. Um, that now now and again, correct me if I'm wrong. The Black Garden still doesn't necessarily have anything to do with time control or travel, right? The the vault of right. glass. The Vault of Glass is where the Vex have complete control of time inside there and can move forward and backwards and do simulations every which way, in, in specifically in the Vault of Glass. Yes. Correct? Okay. Yeah. And, and presume, well, not presumably, but also in the Infinite Forest. So the Infinite Forest and the Vault of Glass are, what, kind of the same thing, just in two different locations? Yeah, they're, they're giant... Um... 
you know, the, the infinite forest at the very least is just a giant prediction engine. It's running every simulation of every outcome ever that are of interest to the Vex. I, and when we jump into it, right. All simultaneously, when we jump into it in curse of Osiris, we're, we're seeing a, the tiniest fraction of possible futures that are directly threatening to us. Right. Right. Uh, Okay. Vault of Glass is similar ish, but it's. Because that's another one that I've always tried to figure out what the significance of Vault of Glass is. Yeah. Other than like Pradith and Kabir went in there and like one person came out that for some reason we keep forgetting his name. Um, (laughs) But he's on the the, the machine gun. Uh, Super good advice. Um, Anyway, can't remember his name. But uh, other than them being in there and then we go in and kill Atheon, but it's like, what did that do? Like, to me, Atheon was just another Minotaur, just a giant-ass Minotaur, like, cool, we killed another Minotaur, we didn't kill, like, a hive mind, we didn't kill, like, a big bad baddie, like, I, well, I guess we did, we took out Templar, and so Templar yeah. could be, I don't know, Templar could be a, a bigger step than Atheon, it's just odd that he's earlier on in the raid than Atheon is, or maybe, maybe, I don't know, that's, that's it's, it, the Vexers, the Vex are hard. <laughs> <laughs> the Vex are interesting. I, I think a large majority of your questioning around Vaults of Glass does have answers. Probably not in the Elsie Bray episode, though. Fair enough. I'll give you that <laughs> one. It's just, I again, thinking of Elsie as, as a time traveler, as soon as my mind starts thinking of that, it starts thinking of, well, where is, where is time travel uh, relevant in the Destiny universe? Uh, oh, yeah. One place being... The Vault of Glass, like when you're in the Vault of Glass, and this is this is something kind of like just like a neat little trivia thing. At the very end of it, on the on the Atheon fight, uh, there's two portals you go through, uh, and the, the fight before Atheon as well. Um, one of them, everyone says it's the Red Room, and then the other one is the Green Room, and those are actually different timelines of the same room that you're in. So the the room that you start in is the present, and the red one, if I'm not mistaken, is the past. And the the green one is the future, um, or it could be vice versa. It could be the green one is the past, and the red one's the future. Like everything starts all growthy and everything, and then turns yeah. to dust eventually. Um, but all of that is all the same room. Just you're seeing it in different timelines. Um, so yeah, like it, it. When I again, when I think of anything time related, I instantly think of Vex, and and that's everyone says, oh, the Vex can time travel, but even the Drifter says as much uh in one of his little pre like uh his little pre gambit speeches he's like the the vanguard say if the vex could time travel they would have already won by now um so again even vex don't really time travel no. uh so yeah it's 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 and and then for Elsie to look to the black garden and go okay that's that's where I need to start I need to I need to go there and deal with that threat and that will stop this time loop and maybe maybe that is what it is maybe maybe because she got to us as the uh, as the person to go in there and and again again she couldn't just go in there herself it seems like because she just has the one life to live um, right. whereas like hey let's get a hunter vanguard in there or or not a hunter vanguard a uh uh, Vanguard Guardian in there. Let's let's get somebody who's sanctioned and send him that way. You know, make make that person deal with it. Um, 
so yeah, it's it, it's interesting that that is the event that like seems to have broken the loop. Um, and again, I say seems to because like that's the time that's the current timeline that we are living right now mm-hmm. in game, where the Black Garden, the Black Heart in the Black Garden has been destroyed, um, and we are now continuing from that point, and. Fingers crossed we haven't lost yet. <laughs> uh, the most recent portion of, of our history being the uh, uh, Lightfall with the Witness. Uh, and, and Elsie Bray was there to, to witness that, too. Like, even she kind of makes the makes the point of, like, I think we lost, guys. Like, so I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if, if she's ever seen the Witness through any of her timelines. I don't think she has. But, I mean, she's certainly seen, she has certainly seen Darkness. Yep. Um, take hold of everyone by way of Eris Morn. So yeah, it's there's a. I hope we're I hope we're doing good in this timeline. <laughs> I hope this is the right one. Well, we we know there are things in this timeline that she has never experienced before. That's true. It it seems to be checking all the boxes because I I do remember there's there's been several uh, communications with her, um, and even even during Beyond Light. Uh, there were several communications there too, where she's like, mm-hmm. where she says that exact thing, where she's like, "I've I, this has never happened before, so I don't." We're we're now officially in un, uncharted territory as far as timelines are concerned. So yeah. So speaking of our timeline, I uh, we have some additional information from Elsie about kind of what it feels like to go through some of these these loops um, at a more personal level. And additionally, how a uh, one of those experiences she never had until our timeline, um, in the form of a fish, uh, helps her helps her come to terms with how she's gonna approach this this go around. Um, so we are going to read the, uh, little kind of diary for lack of a better term that comes with the Lightfall collector's edition. There's, there's three booklets. Uh, one of them is Osiris. One of them is Keitel slash Callus. Uh, and the other is Elsie. So, uh, Without further ado, this book starts like this. It was a small ship, and by hope, more than reality, a quiet one. She had intended it just for herself, and perhaps Anna, if things went well this time around. Elsie could deal with the chaos that her little sister injected into her life, but today... Chaos took the form of a curious ghost, not grasping the concept of keeping things in their proper place. Toki, Elsie sighed, brushing the phase couples back into their labeled bin and securing it. You cannot just rifle through my workbench. Some of this equipment is dangerous. Oh, I, I checked the labels very carefully, Miss Bray. The ghost poked her gleaming eye out from under a spare length of photovoltaic cloth. Capacitors, couplers, and oscillators decorated her shell in a tasteful pattern. 
but I needed new components, and you took apart my old shell. Because your old shell was made from unstable nanomachines, it could have eaten you. Well, perhaps, but I still can't float around. She lowered her tone to a scandalous whisper. Naked? Elsie supposed it made sense, and sighed again. Modesty shouldn't mean much to metal skin, but she still wore clothing after centuries of her own exo-conversion. Many days, her own presentation, her emotions, her volume, her gestures, and yes, even her clothing, was the fulcrum on which her self-control pivoted. You still shouldn't have made a mess of, an, of other people's things, she finally relented. I may need these parts for repairs. I only took the broken things. Toki spun in front of a porthole, admiring her reflection. You don't seem the type to collect broken things. So I figured they were fair game. Elsie prepared to double down, but her train of thought derailed as she looked up to her surreal alien passenger slithering its way through the compartment. Cutting through the air with a beta fish's grace, the alien examined Toki's scrap and parts with six glittering eyes. Elsie felt wonder and discomfort creep into her as she watched. The alien, the fish, for lack of a better word, had lived alone on that abandoned Ishtar space station beyond Uranus for who knew how long, before Toki found it, and Elsie in time discovered Toki. Elsie assumed a human had brought the fish after all, the station had shown signs of habitation in the last decade or so by someone human, or at least close enough. The uncertainty aided her, because she knew about everything from her future. Her fate demanded understanding all possible influences on the coming conflict. She convinced herself that the only victory could break her free that only victory could break her free of this hellish time loop. Whether that meant the grand victory against the Pyramid Fleet, or the personal victory of saving her sister, she wasn't sure. But uncertainty, that was the fly in her ointment. And she was certain of nothing when it came to Toki's strange friend. Elsie sat, and the tension in her servos began to slacken. Exos didn't breathe but a long exhale was as good for the mechanical soul as the organic. An electronic tittering brought her back into the moment. Toki swiped her fins up, and the eel-like alien followed her movements, turning a loop in the air. The ghost swept her gaze back and forth, and again the creature followed, rolling left and then right, and then... Suddenly, a thought occurred to Elsie. Toki, did you teach our friend these tricks? Toki turned a barrel roll and laughed as her companion followed. Oh no, it just knew all this when I found it. Leaning in close, Elsie reached toward the fish, and the creature dutifully slid into her palm, and she turned the form over, and then again, Digital eyes scanning every detail of the silicate body, 
Below the hedge she found a word etched in the same careful hand that had inscribed the destroyed weapon they'd found near the creature's nest. Puka, like the fairy. Is that your name or your species? Well, I think it's a lovely name, Toki offered. Puka only rubbed its face into Elsie's waiting hand, demanding attention. You were a pet. Elsie gave the shiny carpus a scratch, triggering a wave of... purrs? Puka's six eyes focused independently up at her and glittered. Someone taught you these tricks, and then left you... Suddenly a flash. Isolation. Do not mourn your sister's abandonment, Elizabeth. They are small minds. I know Grandfather's words make sense, but that doesn't sate the hollowness gnawing inside my chest. I set the stylus down, plant my hands against the desk, and take a long, ragged breath of recycled air to silence the scream I need to unleash. The feeling passes. I retrieve the tool and return to business as usual in the lonely European lab. I am in control, even though I know that changes nothing. She comes out of it, and Elsie gasps and stares. Did someone teach you that trick, too? Napuka tilts its round eyes clockwise, and then counter. And that's the end of that chapter. So there's a there's a few things uh, to kind of put together from this one, uh, as far as like my knowledge of the puka and and Toki and all that stuff. Um, for, first and foremost, all of this are events that Elsie is experiencing for the first time. Yes, the Ishtar um, uh, uh, way station or whatever space station, whatever the hell that thing is, was something she had never come across before. When she came across Toki, Toki was wearing the uh, the the nano uh, machines, uh, the 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 speed metal ghost shell. Speed metal, that's what it was. Yep. I couldn't. I, was, I kept wanting to say Quicksilver, but Quicksilver is the gun. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was where is is wearing all these this this nanotechnology, um, and there's this puka, this this weird fish thing. Um, all of this is is new to her and. The fish thing, this puka, um, uh, has a ton of history. <laughs> first off, <laughs> uh, I still, I still absolutely love that. Um, even in game, uh, on the Idolin robes, I think it was uh, from season of the haunted. Uh, the, it starts off with the line and it's drifter staring at that thing, going, "What are you?" <laughs> it's yeah. one of my one of my favorite lines. Uh, but yeah, so there's this thing. This this puka that um, uh, when when Elsie starts to it, she she Elsie says did someone abandon you or something and then the puka kind of reacts to that and the puka shows her a memory to convey a feeling mm-hmm. and and I mean that whole th- that's darkness that that is yeah. darkness. And knowing now what we know about uh, the veil and and Niamuna, 
uh, it's safe to presume, I think, that all of those abilities that the Puka has uh, were derived from the veil and, and, and darkness in general. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like letting her, letting her do little mini time lapses. Uh, but it's not, they're A not really bit. time lapses. They're, they're just, it's like recalling memories, but the Puka is recalling a memory from Elsie to show Elsie what the Puka is feeling. Uh, so yeah, that's a, it's a interesting little creature. It is. Um, it is. I, yeah. uh, and the, even, even in game in, in Lightfall, um, they're, they're a little, they're a little bit of a mystery because they're described as AI. Yep. But they're also described as being born from eggs. Yeah. So it's, it's, they're an inorganic life form. Uh, that apparently by nature of growing up on, on Neomuna being, being native to Neomuna, I'm guessing are heavily affected by the veil and the darkness, you know, the, the web of conscious energy that the veil outputs and yeah, they've, they've learned, uh, as just an innate kind of instinct of their species to be able to connect to people likely because of their exposure to that. And and even their physical bodies, like uh the 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 Puka body itself, uh, when we have seen it in game, uh floating around the 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 reflection pool, uh its body kind of has that same like shifty shiftiness to it that like we've associated with darkness. Mm-hmm. Um like with the uh uh oh god, what is it? Uh the guns from um uh Val. Where they have kind of like that spiral, yeah, yep. Uh, the spiral, the the spiral sets of squares that are just kind of continually spiraling around each other. Um, so yeah, it's it. This thing is clearly dark. Like it, there's something darkness about it. Um, but yeah, and the fact that it that it uses memories, like that's, I mean that's that's all you got. Like those two those two things combined, like it, this thing is this thing is a dark thing. And I was I I always thought of it as like a dark ghost. But I I don't know that it's quite that. Yeah, I don't think that's quite accurate. Um, it's more just a a creature that has grown up innately having access to dark. Yep. Uh, but yeah. So say so continuing. The next bit of this booklet goes like this. Without Toki and her off-key humming, the ship felt emptier. Puka had chosen to stay behind, had chosen Elsie for reasons that escaped her. The alien's background noise filled in some of the gaps left in Toki's absence, but it didn't seem like enough to overcome the lonely thrum and ring of the engines. Get out of that fish! It was remarkable how quickly the alien became obnoxious, especially when upending Toki's treasure canister the minute Elsie left the curious beast unattended. She shooed the slithering creature away and... another vision. Loss. I still know my partner is out here. I can feel us moving away from them, Toki comments. 
I'm an idiot for expecting a ghost to stay anywhere but their guardian side for long, but the stop on Titan to replenish the deuterium tank was supposed to be simple. Toki's goodbye blindsides. Stop that, Elsie exclaimed, and shoved the puka to the side to tidy the mess once again. Each etched diode and bit of cowling landed harder than necessary in the old ration canister. Puka retreated to one of the upper lockers and huffed with sounds that could have been sadness or anger. My head is messed up enough without you digging around in there to win an argument. She felt silly, lecturing an alien, being like Mother once lectured her Pomeranian. If the creature understood, the six glassy eyes betrayed nothing. Elsie pressed the tension lid closed again. I'm sorry. And then another vision. Loneliness. You can make jewelry with them, or give them to friends? Toki, I don't want your garbage. I, I just, I don't want you to feel bad. Where I'm going will be very dangerous. You leaving is the best for both of us. I, I understand why you need to say that, but... The puka chirped, now pushing into Elsie's hands, and turned its gaze back to Toki's treasure canister. A new memory. Fondness. I turn over the bolt stop in my hands again. The laser carved loops and swirls lend the ceramic an organic grace. I'll admit it, I say. You're pretty good at this, you little troublemaker. The puka cooed and coiled another emotion. Guilt. Toki refuses to speak, and maybe I realize I deserve it this time. I come out of it. No, fish, you need to... Another emotion. Rejection. No. Il torture ma filet à su. Elsie, say it is not you. Say it is not. Say he hasn't locked you up in that walking lazarette to die. I feel my mother's horror at the sight of me, as a pressure, a stage instruction, more than emotion. And that's the end of that chapter. So not just memories, um, it, and I, I think, I think that's a more pertinent thing. Emotion, memories tied with emotion, uh, is what this little puka is doing. It's, it's, it, it knows what the emotion. That's such an odd thing for for this 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 little puka to know the emotion that's being portrayed to then conjure up, like it can't talk. So then what it does is conjure up this memory to, to portray that same emotion and be like, this is how you're making me feel. That's such a, that's so darkness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so darkness that it's, it's just, that's what it is. 
and it's it's interesting to see it work here and to and to to bring up these memories and they can be as recent as you know a few days ago where she left Toki to, to on on Titan or as far back as the golden age like the the memory with yeah. her mother was when like she was doing like her farewell tour to all of her family right um so that i mean that was hundreds of thousands of years ago like yeah this thing has no yeah, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no limit on where this thing's going to pull a memory, uh, a memory from. Right. Well, I think it's, it's limit is the memories of the thing it's connecting to. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but it's also interesting to note here too. And I don't know why I never really put this to, together in my head, but all of this is happening pre beyond light. Yes. Because the first time we ever see the little fish are, is in all the Beyond Light trailers. Yeah, and this is this this event that is happening in this in this book, um, and presumably her well, I'm not presumably, but her trip to that Ishtar thing. So she's so Elsie has known about this Ishtar era um, uh, space station for uh, some time now. In game yes. without without having mentioned it at all to us, which is just kind of interesting. Like how much she still is real leery about sharing information um, outside of herself. Well, and it's it's one of those things. Like she doesn't know. Perhaps sharing too much is also Another something that's going to yeah tip it over the <laughs> yeah. edge. So it she's she's very much trying to keep control of everything that's around at least immediately around her or relevant to her yeah uh but yeah so we continue uh in the next chapter here stop i yell nelsie's legs gave out and her body shook there on the floor where she landed Puka shrieked and wrapped itself beyond the discarded tin of treasures. How dare you? She struggled to her feet and the world spun. With three gentle steps, she felt her vision settle, felt the cool, firm steel of the deck beneath her, and the gentle thrum of the ship's vibration up through her ankles, her knees, and into her chest. And in the wake of peace, the sorrow bubbled up. Elsie wasn't sure how long she had cried. The dry, mechanical sobs of her in- inorganic frame were timeless, a mimeograph of relief. But in the end, she found herself propped up, back against the bulkhead and letting the thrum of the ship serve as her irtsat heartbeat. Her companion wiggled under her arms and looked up. She sensed a faintness, a wisp of connection, like smoke in her peripheral vision. Another vision. Concern. Last drops of rain pass by, but I don't notice anything beyond the ladybug toppled by the rain spout, the stillness of it, as Willa takes it in her hand. Finally, it kicks and writes itself, and I squeal in delight. Elsie comes out of it and focuses. I thought you were dredging these up, but 
You're not, are you? She considers her own question and rubbed the creature's cheek, or what passed for a cheek, with her thumb. She lifted the puka to her face. Something pressed at her mind. Beyond the creature's vague look of confusion, a familiar contour, emotion, begging for context. Satisfaction. A new vision. The sparrow's engine shudders and spews steam before finally buzzing to life. It drifts lazily off the blocks, and I can't stop smiling, even though I know it's the goofiest grin. The vision ends. You're shaping whatever I'm feeling, she mused, and her mind drift back to warm beaches with Willa and Alton, their tiny footsteps slowly filling up the saline from the warm, wet sand. Nature abhors a vacuum. And my heart fills it up. That could be dangerous, she realized. Puka chittered happily as Elsie began stroking the silicate head. But you wouldn't be someone's pet if you were dangerous, would you? Elsie's mind wandered back to the lonely space station where she found the curious creature. Of the enormous human handprint left behind and the titanic rifle that Toki had scavenged to dress herself. So why does the person who needs a giant gun also keep a little psychic fish that makes you feel memories? She mused. And that's the end of that chapter. I mean, that's that's the question in the room, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the 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 thing that she is talking about, at, at least from what I I think, is uh, one of the two Klaus Schreiters, either Nimbus or um, uh, Rohan. Um, I think more well, maybe maybe more Rohan than Nimbus, because um, Rohan, like uh, when we go through the the Black Garden to get uh, the machine gun, that's the machine gun that Rohan had left there, so. Presumably, he's left these things all over the universe, all over the solar system. I don't know. Hard uh, to say. Just ra- random Cloud Strider tech guns just sitting out in the <laughs> open like, hey, what's that? It's a neat new gun. You want to mess with it? Sure. What does it do? It's a it's an auto rifle until you want it to be a rocket launcher. What? Yeah, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could have been a previous Cloud Strider, too. Um, That's true. It's sad to think about, but this puka could have been there for who knows how long. That's right. Cloud Shards only last for 10 years, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like the giant hand and the and the gun there, and and the, the, the it's a puka, there's quicksilver, not quicksilver, there's the nano, nanite stuff, um, all that just, I mean, that, that just screams Cloud Strider, know, knowing now what we know about uh, the Cloud Striders uh, yeah. and Neomuna with Lightfall. Yeah. Uh, and so, we go on to the next chapter, which goes like this. Elsie planted her feet apart again and braced herself. One more time. Evolution kitbashed the human mind, rebuilding arboreal rodents foraging for nuts into screaming, tailless apes at the helms of starships. But for all the miracles it performed... The hardware of the brain was bound by its physical limits. 
Memories were nothing but pathways of nerve impulse stored at electric signals dancing across them in, a re in recall, and atrophied by neglect. Even without considerations of size, the sapient mind could only think about so much in a given day, limiting the span of human experience to, perhaps, a few hundred years. The dirty secret of those who survived the collapse is that none of them, from drunken exo to celestial queen, remembered every detail. They remembered moments, minutes, hours, whatever left deep enough scars that they couldn't help but run the fingers of the mind across them every morning. But neglect rendered everything in between, weeks, years, decades, into murky depths explored by only the bare hooks on the thinnest emotional filaments. Elsie's time loops compounded the problem. Her head locked away an order of magnitude more memories than any living human, and each plunge backward through causality blurred those details. Like jilting from a night terror, only the final moments stood out in sharp relief each time she restarted. Untangling the mess of cause and effect sorted where she went right and where she needed to change, it ate away at her precious few decades before everything collapsed and she would begin the process anew. Any tool that let her trawl memories from that lost place, even at random, was a tool worth mastering. Elsie set her feet apart and let the ship's thrum rise through her body again. They had dabbled with a dozen emotions that helped her dive into her previous loops, through lines on which to string context. She found that emotions sparked by failure, despair, rage, fear, they were the best for the work, and the worst for her. She thought back to the memory that no amount of resets could hope to scrub. Her first memory as an exo. A frail old man unwound like a blanket. Of organic human chaos laid in tidy lines by precise mechanical hands. And of her own overriding need to end the brutality before she understood she was saving the real monster. Dread filled her. Her companion tasted it and fed it back, over and over, one loop of memory after another. Despair. So this is the honor of the braze. Zavala spits at me. His working hand reaches for Targe, reaches for a connection to his god even after it abandoned him. And the ghost lies cold and dark. Cade was right to put a bullet through your Anna. I only wish I'd let him end you, too. We're past bravado, I explain as the fire dies in my soul. There's only one step left before this ends. And what is that, stranger? I place the rifle barrel to his forehead. Mercy, I say. Ah. The wrong memory. We dive again. Despair. I can't let you stop this, Ikora declares with a chill that rocks even me. 
I feel the pulse of her void shudder in my chest, spilling fluids and triggering dozens of status alarms. Not when we're this close. No, the wrong memory again. We dive. Despair. What have you done? I scream as Morasov's body drops lifelessly to the ground. Elsie, listen to me. This was necessary. The darkness cannot thrive while believers of the light remain. There's a world beyond this conflict. Let's go there, together, Anna pleads. This is not the way, I cry and ready my stasis. Stasis. It had a name. The power she felt herself wielding in lives long past. The knife that could cut the darkness. Her mind began to spin, and Elsie consciously planted herself in the present once more. Her sensors registered the hydrocarbon lubricant, lubricants and distinct theopolymers of ship life. She pushed away the shape of concern Puka pressed into her soul before it could replace this filament that she'd hunted for. Again, she said. And that's the end of that chapter. So, so many distinct points throughout this, this, like, first off, the, 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 where she recalled to the, the head on the table and all the neat lines, that was that, like, murder room that Clovis woke up in, and the, the Maya Sunderesh Vex was like, tell me where this is, and, and, and then Elsie kicks in the door and kills the Sunderet, like, and 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 then like the, the obviously two memories there that are from like timelines that we have no clue where those are from killing Zavala killing Ikora uh, or being killed by Ikora I guess I don't <laughs> I don't know yeah. <laughs> and then the one that we read earlier tonight from that timeline where Anna stabs Mara with stasis and then Elsie uh, uh, recalls the word stasis and is like wait a second. So in our current timeline, she has not learned stasis yet. Again, this is all this all of this that's happening in this in this lore entry uh, from the collection edition all happens before Beyond Light. Mm-hmm. We're just now getting wind of it and word of it of of like what those events were. So now she has a thing to grasp hold of, and 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 she has a tool. Like again, thinking back to that idea of like. Of her thinking, well, I, what 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 person do I need to find? What item do I need to find? What do I need to find to help me in future timelines? She now has a a tool, this puka, to help her because the puka can do exactly what she couldn't do. And I love I love her description of memory and and how memory in the brain works and like. The, the human mind is only so, like, physically so big. It's it's like a storage device, right? There's only so much shit you can fit on a server hard drive before you just got to get a new server hard drive. You just got to get an upgrade, get more. But there's only so much that you can get. Like, there's a finite amount of space. And and as brilliant and, and awesome as the Exo mind is, it works the same way. Like, there's still only so much that, that she can remember before the brain just, like, dumps it. Like, nope, can't. 
What you had for breakfast three weeks ago? Nope, don't care about that. That's gone. <laughs> but that, that time that you wielded this paracausal ability? Nope, definitely need to hang on to that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's this this one little bit here is like kind of like it's it's it really is a, a lot of information and it's a lot of things happening. Uh but it's at the end of the day, it's it's Elsie using the puka to figure out what she's supposed to do next. And from what it seems like, her next step is to figure out this stasis, this paracausal ability. Yep. Uh, stasis seems to be the key. It's, it's the knife that can cut the darkness, as she says. Um, and so now she has a name. Now she's got to figure out what to do with that. Yeah, uh, like, great, now what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she asks the little puka the same exact question. So this is the next chapter. And it goes, But how did I learn stasis? Elsie cupped her curious pet. It blinked erratically, one eye, and then three, and then two. The fish wanted to help, even if it didn't understand the what or the how. Elsie tried to conjure up the feelings behind her earlier vision, the desperation and fear and loathing in the moments before killing her own sister. They brought her secrets and shames and timelines best left forgotten, but no closer to stasis. Puka slithered under her chin, clicking and cooing. You were trained for this kind of work, weren't you? Some kind of... She struggled for a clever analogy. Field therapist? Trained you to soothe, maybe work with exposure therapy? She stroked absentmindedly at Puka's smooth body, losing herself in possibility the way she hadn't let herself... in the way she hadn't let herself since the European think tank. Plunging people into their nightmares again and again must be... Nightmare. I was a fool to ever place my trust in you, Eris. The nightmare of Ariana Three bellows. You watched the hive unmake us one by one, and then you bowed to their god to save your own flesh. Indecision grips Eris Morn as her doubts overwhelm her. So I dig deep and focus. The bitter, alkaloid sensation creeps up my throat, and I call out my stasis and drive it across the battlefield, entombing the haunting vision. Her detractor paralyzed, Eris turns back to me with a shred of control. It seems I am not the only one carrying secrets. We'll discuss it later. I promise. First, we need to get out of... Elsie jerked back to the present. The memory of bitter, inorganic salts lingered in the back of her mouth. Puka shivered against her chest, but she probed at the creature again, losing herself in the sensation. Her companion pressed the shape of the lingering flavor into her heart, and it rushed to fill the indentation. Alkaloid. I let the sensation fade and notice the acerbic tightness in my chest fade as well. 
Now you try. Eris breathes and then draws out a fragment of stasis from the shard. With a gesture, she redirects the energy outward, and a thin spire of crystal erupts from the, runal, from the lunar regolith. A quick study, I comment. It is not so dissimilar to how I control the hive magics. This stasis of yours is less refined, but considerably more... overt. Elsie tried to probe the memory of sensation again, but Puka dozed quietly. She let herself nap there, against the deck with Puka, and her memories opened of their own accord, and she dreamed of blue light falling like rain and tearing the last city to cinders. And that's the end of that chapter. So she's, def- she's definitely trying to figure out like how she learned the stasis and connecting different um it's it i the the whole like taste of the alkaloids in the back of her throat like associating that with a memory it's 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 i mean that's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so on point you know what i mean like it's just <laughs> it's so it's such a perfect description of like trying to recall something it's you you're you're trying to like induce the same feelings that you had at the time of the memory to try to get that memory to trigger and to, and to relive it as, as often as you can or, or, or as vividly as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So in that particular instance, she was teaching Eris how to do stasis, but she still didn't know where she learned it from. Like she, she knows that she had it, but how did she learn it? Where did she learn it from? And that's that's the ultimate goal here, I think, is is what she's trying to do with this puka, is to get to that point of like, okay, where where's the timeline that I learn it, and how do I learn it in this timeline? Yep, yeah, and uh, you know, I I have heard, and I think there's research to back it up, that taste and smell are the strongest senses tied to memory. Uh, I'd, I'd agree with that. So it. It would make sense that a taste, like an alkaloid taste in in your mouth, uh, would be something that would be uh, linked to memories very strongly. Um, And it does seem to have some connection to stasis in particular. So now that's what she's focusing in on. She she had a name, stasis, and now she has a a route to get more info about that name. And now it's just going to be trying to trudge through the memories that are brought up to to get that info. So, we continue with the next chapter here, uh, and it goes like this. Tickling the sleeping dragon's tail, bygone scientists had called it. Elsie planned to delicately probe the apocalyptic edges and prayed that they wouldn't awaken it. Another memory. Alkaloid. For just a moment, it all threatens to run away with me, but I choke back the tears and bury them deep. Without the cloud of emotions, blipping sideways from St. Fourteen's grenade is second nature. I whip a spike of stasis past his head and pierce Geppetto. The ghost shrieks as it falls to the ground and Saint's attention breaks just long enough to snare him. In a timeless prison, I bury it deeper, focus, 
My love, Osiris charges, hurling a gout of solar to herd me left. I dive right into the flames. There is no pain, no heat. I fix my sights on this combatant's foreign shore and nothing else. Osiris is a barrier to that journey, and so I drive that control deep into his heart. I feel the stasis vibrate, clanging off the warlock's light. I bury the feeling, focus. But the echo doesn't stop. Numb stillness tickles my fingers and toes as hoarfrost begins to consume me. I push down the misery, the isolation, focus only, maintain. It creeps up, and I feel the radiolaria in me seize. Not the timeline she needed, she realized. Elsie shook off the memory of an infinitely long and short decade spent in that icy prison. She found her feet and grounded herself in the thrum of engines before turning once more to her strange companion. She remembered licking her lips long ago when she had them and called that memory back along with the taste of stasis. Alkaloid. I put another round through the motionless hydra and it shatters like glass. I know this. I mutter, picking up a broken spike and watching it sublimate into ether. I have no doubt, Osiris responds. His rhyme-caked hands crackle and pop. I saw glimpses of you wielding this power during my time in the infinite forest. It is what drove me to seek it out here after Oryx corrupted Sagira. It proved a simple skill he continued, as the pyramid slides and shifts to create a hallway. I am already well-practiced in manifesting my will, no matter the obstacles. The emotional red thread unraveled in a storm of dry lecture, and the link dissolved. With barely a moment to steady herself, Elsie plunged into the sensation again. Alkaloid. This is a power that has made its home in your heart before. Aramis strokes my cheek, and I can feel the chill, chill through insensate steel and ceramic. You must open yourself to it. Lure it with honeyed words. And once it is within your grasp, coil around and crush its will with your own. I thrust my hand against the crux again and push aside the pain. There is no whine or crack of metal shearing in absolute zero. There is only what needs doing. Puka breaks the link as Elsie began screaming. It took another hour of listening to the ship around her, losing herself in the here and now, before she could dive again. Alkaloid my first bolt of stasis halts the taken midway through his charge. Excellent, Mara comments. You know this dance, like you were born to it. Again. She parts her hands and calls three more of her taken servants to the fight. My mind rushes to the crux once more, and I fill my every sense with it, shutting out the taste, the feel, 
the sound of the real world in favor of what it is I need. The crux. And that's the end of that chapter. So, so many memories here. Like, uh, it's, it's interesting. Like the, the Osiris one stuck out to me the most because it's like, oh, maybe what if he was the one that had taught her uh, stasis? No, he's the strand guy now. Like, like what, what if he had learned stasis instead of strand? Like in the same desperation of, of wanting another power to fill the void. Like, yeah, it's just, or, or like maybe she learned it from Mara. Mara's old enough in the in the entire universe. But she she had to have taught it to her, right? Like, it's it's all these different little points, or 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 maybe Aramis, right? Like the the leader of the Fallen, who is who has wielded this through different timelines, apparently. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting here. Her trying to find where she got this power from. And like, who taught who first? Yeah, it, it's it's fascinating to see. It looks like she's been taught how to use stasis multiple times by multiple people yeah. through the various timelines. And it, it's it's interesting to see little bits and pieces about how that happened. You know, in, in one timeline, she's using it against Saint and Osiris. Uh, well, in another and, timeline, and then accidentally freezes herself in a prison right. for decades. <laughs> Pull, pulls an Aramis. Uh, Oopsies. <laughs> <laughs> but then in another timeline, Osiris is teaching it to her, and he learned it after Oryx corrupted Sagira, whatever that right. means. Like not not Savathun killing Sagira and taking over his body, but this is a totally different timeline of Oryx still being alive and and corrupting Sagira. Like that's that's crazy. It's just, it's, it's amazing all the little twists and turns and variations that she has, has lived through, uh, that like, we'll, we'll never, we'll never know. It's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's kind of cool. It is. Um, but she's, she's found it. She's found that this crux, the crux is important to her ability to use stasis. Uh, and so she latches on to that idea of what the crux was. And now she has a, a goal. So we start the next chapter, which goes like this. Elsie felt the nightmare manifest long before she saw it. The European pyramid pressed shapes into her heart the same way the puka could. But the molds it cast were deeper and more urgent. The worst parts of her soul rushed to fill the hollow. Still not tired of this, Elizabeth. Red mist congealed into Anna's form. The wound in her ethereal chest dripped and smoldered. You're not real. All that mattered was the crux. Elsie's visions had revealed the how. All she needed now was enough substance in her present time to flesh out that buried muscle memory. Oh, I'm more real than the carbon copy sister you think you'll save this time, the nightmare's wound snaked up to manifest a fractured skull. How many dead Annas am I made from? Ten? Twelve? Are we counting them all, or just the ones you've killed personally. Breaking the nightmare's bond was easier than it should have been. 
The pyramid's gift for constructing this revenant was a grand imitation of the puka's gift. Elsie felt like any link to her sister, even her own self-loathing wearing an Anna mask, should have been harder to unravel. The nightmare dissolved back into warm mist, and she took a moment to feel Puka shiver beneath her cloak, appreciating the tactile feeling. It's okay, she comforted. The pyramid slid doors and realigned hallways, trying to keep her from its beating heart. It knew she was here too early this time. She'd walked these halls time and time again to pull stasis from the crux like an Excalibur of personal hell. But always, someone else had found it first. Always, they taught her the secret she already knew. Always, they fell to the seductive whispers on the other side, and she stood as the lone soul uncorrupted by the exposure. Or at least, she was the only one who recalled feeling guilty for allowing it. Puka led the way. It could sniff out the stagnant pools of darkness as easily as it could root out Elsie's buried emotions. Trauma smelled the same whether it was at the heart or hanging in the air, Elsie supposed. Dream logic and half-forgotten memories made for a passable map in Elsie's mind, and despite the structure's efforts, she found her way to the pyramid's heart and the empty plinth where the crux should have stood. Finally ahead of the game, and still too late. And that's the end of that chapter. Well, dang. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's, it, all, all of the, uh, the, the nightmares being the, the pyramid ships security, uh, <laughs> what would you call it? Security measures, I guess. Yeah, uh, kind of. To kind of keep people out of it, uh, are activating and, and making, you know, like poking at her thoughts and poking at her feelings using this, this Anna, uh, this, this nightmare Anna to, to kind of like shove at her but she's she she's gone through so many timelines and so many emotions now with the puka that she can now disconnect pretty easily like yeah it's it's having found the puka she is now more attuned to these nightmares and and being able to just turn shut them off and walk past them than i think any other person that exists in destiny um so yeah it's and then she gets to where the crux should be, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, after all all that turmoil she put yeah. herself through to to have this not be there, uh, was a, a very bitter feeling. But not all hope is lost, and we see in the next chapter here uh, that she is very happy. She brought the puka along. So, it goes like this. Shock had taken hold, and Elsie wasn't sure how long she'd spent staring into the shadows. The gentle sound of tapping, like steel rapping against stone, guided her back to reality. When awareness finally crept from subconscious to conscious mind, she turned to watch puka shove and roll an iron scrap across the floor. 
Is there anything you won't make a toy of, Puka? But Elsie felt the shadows grow long as she walked over to investigate. The scrap glistened wrong in her flashlight's beam, and as she bent down close, the iron... No, not iron. Something not quite metal was cold in a way no physical object could be. The crux was broken. Or maybe it was never whole in the first place. In the way that solid matter should be. The shard that remained held darkness, just a fraction. But to someone who had spent a dozen hazy lifetimes mastering how to use darkness, it was an oasis in the endless expanse of light. She reached her will into the shard, and a part of her reflectively shuddered, awaiting a pain that never struck, or a sound that was never heard. She pushed back against her mental recoil and touched the deeply familiar cold. It tickled and clawed and begged something intangible from her. But Elsie closed her mind to everything except her true purpose. In her heart of hearts, the wall of blue-tinged facet was already there. It only took concentration to make it reality. Focus. Control. The will of the Bray is the true fundamental force of this world, Grandfather intones, pulling me upright. My twisted ankle screams, but I stay silent. I can be a Bray. Now walk. Her foot caught in place. A gleaming layer of stasis swallows her heel. Her foot, her leg. She can't lose control. Focus. It spreads up and across her torso, consumed her shoulders. Not coldness or numbness, just emptiness. Puka sat on her immobile hand, gazing at her and blinking erratically. Elsie was in control. A bray alone could master this. The stasis swallowed her head, and the moment stretched out forever. Too tight. Tight. Oh, daughter. Mom squeezes me tight. You can't make them love you. You have to let go. The horror consumed her as easily as the stasis. She felt like a frightened child cast loose in the wind, alone. Every assertion of control met by a temper tantrum in the face of a hurricane. She remembered her mother's words and let go. And the crystalline prison shattered. And that's the end of that chapter. Do I, do I get to start singing Disney songs now? <laughs> yeah, there, there might be some uh, some similarities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, the, I what there it is. She's she's taught herself stasis by way of reliving different timelines where she was taught stasis. Yeah, kind of. That's kind of fucking cool <laughs> but like confusing as shit like do you want to talk about a well i guess it wouldn't be paracausal it's a paradox is what it is like yeah. she learned it, it it's it's literally the it's it's saint shotgun 
Like the whole thing with yeah. Saint Shotgun, Perfect Paradoxes. He gave it to uh, or or he left it. Sorry, it was left for to be found by us to then be used and disassembled into parts to be given to him in a past sense so he could build it so he could use it to give to us in the future because he learned from the greatest guardian ever which is us who we learned from him yeah that's confusing as shit <laughs> uh this is exactly what's happening here with with elsie and stasis she is learning stasis from past live past timelines of people that have taught her stasis by way of teaching herself stasis this is confusing I'm confusing myself with this. <laughs> Timelines, time travel, time loops, whatever you want to call it, are fucky at best. Yeah. And we're seeing that all play out right here. Uh, yeah, just, just just, a bit. Yeah. But that idea of like, just let go, like, like stop, like, stop putting up, stop trying to keep, stop trying to like compartmentalize and focus everything into, into exact control things. Like, no, let it flow. Let it, let it let it go through you let it let it you know let it do what it's going to do and and move with it and and it's the same thing that osiris tells us with strand of like you know it it's it's not a it's not a control thing it's not a like hold tight and pray like it's it's a it's a ebb and flow it's a movement it's a river it's it i i really like that idea that's that's really what we see with with darkness powers is this river right like this this ebb and flow whereas like light seems to be like this exact control of like you know summon a nova bomb boom you know summon arc fingers do you know like it's it's all this exact control stuff whereas darkness is very much like the the flow of of don't don't try to grasp too hard or it's going to slip through your fingers or or control you mhm so yeah no and i i think it's really cool um that Really, the entire reason why this timeline has gone how it has, perhaps has been as successful as it has, you could say, is because Elsie discovered a puka. Yeah. Without that puka, she would not have been able to relive those memories and remember what, you know, this power that was so important and where it was and how to use it. And like, and and she states um, in Lightfall that like Nia Moon is a new place for her. When yep. when Osiris was talking about there's a colony on Neptune, uh, like she didn't know about, she had no info about it either from any of her previous lives. So this is an entirely new, and it's just it's it's really interesting to see that the Puka had that big of an influence that we we literally would have never learned stasis. Uh, we, our guardian, would have never learned it uh, if not for this puka allowing Elsie uh, to relearn it. Because that's, that's the key, too, is that, like, Elsie, throughout all these timelines, and she says it in one, of, in one of these entries, where she's like, she's the only one that isn't corrupted by it. Right. So, therefore, she has to be the first one to learn it in this one so she can teach people how not to be corrupted by it so we don't get dark guardians, so we don't have a bunch of guardians just succumbing to the darkness of stasis and, and running willy-nilly all over the place. So, yeah, it's... it, it It's... <laughs> all of all of this timeline is a new thing to her, and it's it's kind of cool. <laughs> it is. It really is. 
so that brings us to the final chapter and final reading for this episode, um, which goes like this. Elsie sat in the dim silence, for she knew not how long. Puka wrapped itself around a mechanical arm and purred, but Elsie couldn't find the will to nuzzle back. Instead, she carefully wrapped the shard in her hood and tucked it securely into her pack. Words hadn't saved her, nor her mother's faith in her. It was then that she realized Stasis thrived off her need for rigid order, to fit foregone conclusions and scientific principles into the messy abstract of creation. And when she lost herself to purpose, Stasis happily consumed all she was. Only that brief admission that the universe was outside of her influence, surrender had broken her bonds. Stasis wasn't the sum total of darkness any more than than arc was light. It was an aspect, a shape, a tool. Every sword was made from iron, but not all iron was swords. Stasis was the tool forged by control and focus, and to her shame, she couldn't imagine what else could spring forth if any other force in the cosmos drove her forward like that singular need for control. What other abilities, what shapes and tools could be forged by deference or compassion? What could she have done, she realized in dawning horror, if she loved and relied on Anna beyond the way that she had needed to control Anna? Dread crawled up her spine, She knew what she needed. Allies beyond her control. Allies who were versed in darkness as well as light, who could take her secrets of stasis to the light bearers at large, teach a hundred or a thousand souls to forge iron into a sword, and just maybe one will figure out how to make a plowshare, too. She'd never tried it before. It was something new. And perhaps Anna needed to know that there was a place for her saved on Elsie's ship. And that is the end of that book. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Such a good feeling. That's a, I, like, I like when we end on good feelings. Yeah, and not only is that the end of that reading, that is the end of our section of Elsie Bray, and dare I say, the Bray family mega series altogether. Everything. We've covered it all. We've done everything. We've done Super Past with Clovis and the Exos and, and a little bit of Vex. Uh, we've done uh, Super Past with Willa and and her stealing of Siva and and creating whatever that is now. Uh, we've done super past with Rasputin and and him learning feelings rather than just learning how to do uh, by way of of Anna Bray and and kind of going against the wishes of of Clovis and and we've we've seen it into into even more recent past of of the the the. Rasputin's son 
Fellwinter and his exploration of this world and and learning of Siva and then ultimately having Siva be his downfall and the downfall of the rest of the Iron Lords, uh, all the way into the current day into into Beyond Light or pre Beyond Light with the readings of of the the collection edition from Lightfall for Elsie's point of view of where she learned stasis from and even into into the future into dark futures that Elsie's had to live through and and timelines and time loops and more vexy shit and yeah we did it <laughs> we did and it was quite the ride holy shit that's a lot of bray shit uh so yeah maybe 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 uh <laughs> i hate to say it but maybe clovis won his legacy has uh has, it, it worked I don't, in a way, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. We finally got to talk about all the, like, the Brays. In my opinion, uh, the, or, or at least, no, maybe not my opinion, but like to me, all the Bray stuff has been like my most excited stuff. I, I love the Bray stuff. That's, that's probably one of my favorites, uh, um, subjects throughout all of Destiny. Like, uh, just the, the idea that, that something can exist uh throughout multiple eras of time and still have an impact uh to to look at something and go that's bray tech that's that's the that's that's top of the line stuff like i mean uh thinking even of of like current terms like you know the light bulb like oh my god like the idea of a light bulb a hundred years ago was just like the crazy well i guess more than a hundred years now um was just the craziest idea in the world. And now it's just like the most common thing ever. Like it, it, yeah, it just blows my mind uh, thinking in a, in a historical value of like what something today is going to mean a hundred thousand years from now. And that's, that's, that to me is like what the braids are. Like the braids were everything for the collapse uh, or during the collapse. They, they all different facets of life of, of the idea of immortality of, of, data storage of of ai like all of that into all the way into the future of 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 current day destiny <laughs> and and where the hell it's going to go from there yeah uh, and i think it's i think it's safe to say that no single group has touched the world of destiny in as many meaningful ways directly or indirectly as the Bray family has. Yeah. I mean, even, even as much as like the black armory, like, yeah, without the Brays, the black armory might not have existed. Like that's crazy to think of. Eight of one certainly wouldn't. Right. This mobile print printing press for guns who now prints you pretty close. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's mind blowing to think that like how much stuff wouldn't exist because of the Brays. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh well uh from there I guess uh we got uh, shout outs. We do. We've got a couple shout outs tonight. Uh so the first one uh, is coming to us from a Apple podcast review uh where they're very kind enough to leave us five stars. Thank you very much. Uh this is coming to you from Joel Just uh who says I'm one episode down in your podcast, and I'm already excited to hear what happens in the dark future story. 
I plan to play and save the lore. I play to play and save the lore for when I'm working or driving or level grinding, and it's more uh, and it's more in depth than Bife. Granted, I only listen to his big videos, uh, but I love the way you tell the story. Keep it up. We'll definitely be continuing to listen in the future. So those, thank you. Those are those are big goddamn shoes to fill. <laughs> those are very big shoes to fill. <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> <laughs> but I am, you know, it's it's always humbling to hear uh, anyone have have uh, think as highly of us as some of the the big ones in the yeah. the lore community. Yeah. So, Bife thank has you. a lot of he's he's got a lot of good videos. Like he Bife was Bife was who got me started on lore, and like mm-hmm. I was I was the same way as a lot of our listeners are. Like uh, I I used to uh, uh, drive an hour and a half one way uh, to go to college, and on the way there, that's what I listened to was Bife videos, and then on the way home, <laughs> listen to Bife videos. Uh, so yeah, that's yeah to be even to be even mentioned in the same sentence as him feels really really humbling and super awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, so our second shout-out uh, is coming to us from a Audible review uh, where another person was kind enough to leave us uh, five stars there. Um, and this is Rook, who says, uh, I binged my way through your entire library in less than a month. Such Holy good listening. shit. <laughs> Now I'm super Dude. excited to go back. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. I'm doing the math of that in my head right now. That's that's a lot. We're at like eighty something episodes at two. That's a hundred and sixty hours plus. Like, holy shit! <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a full time job. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that didn't at, really like at forty hours a week. Four weeks. That's 160 hours. Holy shit, bro! Like, <laughs> I didn't really compute when I was reading it. You just you said did that, that yeah. didn't you? <laughs> wow. Shit. <laughs> well, I I guess I'm glad we can give you something to do every day. Uh, man. Fuck yeah, us. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you for doing it. <laughs> Continue with your reading. Yeah. Uh. But that just so, fucked you up, didn't it? That completely <laughs> fucked you up, didn't it? A little bit. Uh, so they continue to say, um, I'm super excited to go back and listen to my favorite subjects uh, in specific- specificity. I think that's how you say that word. That's a hard uh, word. Thank you so much for providing such wonderful content to an already loved game. Well, thank you yeah. for listening to it a lot. <laughs> a lot. A fucking lot. Yeah. <laughs> I I I have to say like when we when we when we first started out and we were doing like these little one and two part episodes uh they were fantastic but then like when we did our first like true deep dive and did the the books of sorrow um I fell in love with that format of like let's tell a complete story let's let's tell everything from the beginning pick a subject and just start at the beginning and go through every facet of it. And like this Bray series that we just completed has been kind of like the culmination of that, like all these little stories that exist under this umbrella of a bigger story. And so like, yeah, I love, I love that, that I love the format that we've got. I love, I love how we've been able to 
keep it in like little parts and bigger parts and and yeah it's i I love that that people are are consuming it (laughs) (laughs) as as much as they are so yeah thank you yeah Uh, absolutely uh say thank you to to both of our shout outs tonight thank you to all of those that just listen when you can uh that's we appreciate that a bunch and that's that's awesome too uh if you do feel strongly enough that you want to leave a review on whatever your platform of choice is uh you know please do so rate us what you think we're worth uh and if you feel extra strongly enough to leave a text review, like one of the shout outs tonight, or uh, just want to leave us a comment or, um, or, you know, a question or whatever it may be, uh, you can reach us on Twitter at myths and stories with a Z instead of an S. Uh, and we read through there as well. Yeah. Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't create another character tonight. That's, that's two, that's two in a row, man. I, I know. I haven't Off created game. a character. I don't know what to do now. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Let's thank. Uh, you know what? Let's thank the Puka. I'm thank you, Puka, for helping Elsie remember what she already knew, <laughs> and then helping her learn it for the first time. Yeah. Because she already knew it for the first time, for the last time. Fuck timelines are confusing. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Puka, for screwing up the timelines <laughs> or fixing them or both or neither. I don't know anymore. This is confusing. Thank you, Puka. That's what we're going with. There you go. All righty. Uh, anything else, Myth? That's it. All righty. Well, then from all of us lore daddies to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week.